Welcome to this election season episode of the Peak City Podcast. I'm Shane Reese. Campaigns for Apex Town Council are underway with early voting beginning on October 19th at the Wake County Board of Elections, October 28th at the John Brown Center here in Apex, and Election Day is on November 7th. The town of Apex has a mayor and five council members with four-year terms for each seat. Council elections are staggered every two years. This year, the mayor's office and two council seats are up for election. Five council seats are currently running for two open seats, and we've invited all of them as guests of the podcast. Each candidate will be asked identical questions, and we'll do our best to give each candidate equal time. We're asking candidates to speak to their strengths, explain why folks should vote for them, and we're refrain from attacking opponents or their platforms. We're joined right now by Councilman Terry Mahaffey. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Let's kick things off with your elevator pitch. Tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're running for council, and the specific ideas that make up your platform. Sure. And thanks again for setting all this up. I think this is a great public service to the town to have these interviews. My name is Terry Mahaffey. I'm an incumbent on the town council. I was first elected in 2019. I'm running in the 2023 election for my first attempt at re-election. My campaign slogan has been trust, transparency, and trees. So I'm looking to bring a more environmental focus to the decisions the town council makes. I'm looking to bring more transparency to the process and communicate more with the public, let people know what's been going on. And bring more trust to the process is more about the things we do to make the town government work for all the citizens. I think over the past four years, I've done a pretty decent job on these topics. And I'm running for re-election because there's always more work to do. So I hope that everyone, if you've you know, seen the work that we've done over the past four years, I'll hope I'll get a chance to talk about some of that over the course of this interview. Vote for re-election on November 7th. It's always a top priority to ensure infrastructure like roads and schools keeps up with our rapidly growing town. And yet the council is limited in directly solving many of these challenges because they're overseen by the county, state, or federal government. For example, only Wake County can build new schools and only the state DOT can install new traffic lights. If you're elected to the town council, what's your view on the best way to coordinate with other government entities to make progress on these important infrastructure projects? Thanks. That's actually a really important question. There's a couple different touch points we have for each of those agencies that we try to integrate in their process into ours and try to make collective decisions, collective planning. For DOT, there's a process called LAP where we apply to them for potential projects in the area and they give us grant funding. We work together for an area plan on how the roads need to be developed. When there's a DOT road in Apex that needs some work on it or needs a traffic light, essentially we go to them. And we do the study and, and kind of show them the data about what needs to happen. And we often will fund it ourselves if we need to. So there's a collaboration there on the DOT roads, obviously the town roads we control. For schools, one thing that I'm proud we've done is we've actually integrated the capacity numbers for WCPSS into our rezoning process. And what that means is when we get a rezoning for a new housing development, we actually go to the Office of Student Assignment, show them the data, show them the project, and ask them to write us a letter about the impact on the schools. And that goes into our packet and it's something we discuss pretty much every single time when we have a rezoning, what the impact is. And there's parts of Apex where it's a really tough issue and there's other parts of Apex where it's not. And we've made several, I think, changes. There've been some denials because of these letters. There've been some changes where projects have gone to 55 plus age restricted communities in order to, to mitigate the impact to schools. There've been some other projects where we've asked the developer to contribute land towards a school. We can't actually build those schools and it's subject to the county's 
CIP process and their funding and they do bonds and they obviously have to build schools for the entire county and renovations. But we can do our best to sort of set the chess pieces up. And there was actually a time where about six months where we didn't approve a single project because these letters kept coming back saying there's nothing in the future to handle these students. And we said no over the course of six months. And what happened over that period is we actually got two new elementary schools lined up either because of our actions or the hard work of the real estate people at WCSS. And that allowed them to change then their recommendation to in the future threshold we look at that we, we do think there'll be additional capacity. So that's schools. We work with DOT. We also work with our state legislators to try to get funding through projects there. We're also working with our federal representatives every year. There's a budget federal process to ask for projects to come down to Apex here. So I think integration with other government entities is a pretty vital part of what a town council member does in order to try to get stuff for Apex. And working together there is, is a pretty big benefit. I think I'm pretty good at it. Over the next six months or so, the town will update long-range transportation and land use plans for the western Big Branch area in the southwest part of town, bordered by US-1, I-540, and old US-1, an area that's historically part of the Friendship and New Hill communities. Town staff have held public input sessions, and final proposals will likely be brought before the council for approval next spring. What are your thoughts about growth and development in the western Big Branch area, and what would you like to see prioritized in the plan? I think the most important thing here is that we hear from the community. And the reason we launched this area plan study is because we had heard from the community members that they felt like they were not getting enough input. So in order to address that, our staff put together this process in order to gather more input and make sure that their voices are heard. So I think their input, first and foremost, as residents and as the landowners who will eventually be impacted by this plan is paramount. My personal preferences, you know, going to be to defer to them. But if you ask what's important, I do think that area needs some more commercial development at some major intersections. There's a need for some gas stations, a grocery store. So I hope the area plan identifies some locations that that will be good for. And we can move forward on that for not only the future residents, but even the residents there. Right now, they got a pretty long drive up to Publix Point. Lots of folks find Apex as a great place to be. But many of our teachers, firefighters, police officers, and other town employees who work here are having trouble finding a place to live, or they're getting priced out altogether. We hear about teachers teaching in Apex, but living in Sanford. What's your view on how to tackle these issues? So I think this issue, and more broadly, the issue of affordable housing is the biggest challenge facing Apex today. And let me explain. So you mentioned the teachers, the firefighters, the police officers. We're struggling, in a sense, to, to have them live here and work here. We have to pay higher wages. To attract this talent. And my big fear is that at a certain point, other towns will catch up and they'll realize they can live and work there and we won't be able to hire the people we need to run the town. And it's not only the municipal employees, that's you know our direct issue, but just looking at all the, the businesses around here, grocery store clerks and restaurant workers, there's, there's a whole set of people who need to be able to survive and live in Apex. And this is a challenge that I think if we don't do the right thing, if we don't attack this and we don't find some sort of workable solution, Apex risks turning into a pure bedroom community where we all have to go to Durham, we have to go into Raleigh to eat, to recreate, to do all sorts of stuff. It's not great. So I view this as the lack of affordable housing as a challenge and a threat to our future, our viability as a thriving community. So what we've done to this point, the town of Apex was kind of on the forefront here. We developed a affordable housing plan and that plan we're in the process of implementing now. We've set up a board. 
We've hired people to look at affordable housing. We've integrated affordable housing into our rezoning process again, where we ask for concessions from developers to, you know, you're building so many units, make so many of these affordable below market rate to sort of add to the stock slowly. The biggest thing we've done is we actually have an affordable housing fund in Apex. In Apex, there's a dedicated portion of your taxes that you pay. Currently, it's about a penny. Uh, used to be a penny and a half. Goes up and down as the needs sort of change. That goes into a dedicated fund to spend on affordable housing projects. It's been about three or four years we've had that. The early funds were used as gap financing for the Broadstone Walk project over by Walmart. And that's the kind of thing the funds will be used for. In order to build these projects, they need gap financing. They need money. We've also used the funds to waive fees for developers. Like if we say, you know, statutorily, we can waive certain fees. We actually backfill those fees with the affordable housing fund to whatever department is losing the revenue permitting or whatever. And another big important part of it is there's a program called Apex Cares. And the focus of Apex Cares is to take care of, we call them NOAAs, naturally occurring affordable housing, the existing units. This is a program to help renovate and maintain our existing stock of affordable housing in Apex. The older homes, the smaller homes. What happens today in a lot of occasions is, you know, someone, maybe they're retired on a fixed income, they get a roof leak, they need a new roof. It's 15 grand, 20 grand, they can't afford it. Or, you know, windows will fail and house is cold, AC unit fails, something. And without an access to funding to make those repairs, they really have no choice but to sell their home. It becomes unlivable. And what'll happen is someone will buy it up, they'll demolish it, they'll subdivide it into three or four lots and build three or four massive homes, million dollar homes on what this old lot is. And, and that person is, they have some money, but where are you going to live? You know, the thing about selling your home for a high price is you need to buy a home at a high price, right? It's actually not that helpful without somewhere else to go. And that's sort of what we're seeing in a lot of parts of Apex. And, and when that stuff happens, the town really doesn't have a say because you're legally allowed to do what you want with your property. If someone buys a home from you, they can knock it down if they want. So the purpose of the Apex Cares program is to provide funding for those individuals to repair their home and perhaps stay in place, age in place, and not necessarily turn it over in, into these new large homes. And I want to end with one other thing. For all the work that we've done, my conclusion after seeing it for the past couple of years is it's, it's been insufficient. I'm not satisfied with the progress that we've made. I think Apex needs to do more. Specifically, we need to get in the game of purchasing land and donating land to communities like Habitat in order to bring large amounts of affordable housing to Apex at once. This stuff where we get three or four units from a developer, it feels good, but it's a drop in the bucket. And the need for affordable housing is growing at a faster rate than our ability to address it. So I'm in favor of us really putting a foot on the gas here and really coming at this problem even harder over the next four years. The council unanimously adopted a downtown plan in 2019 after months of input from the community. And much of that progress was delayed during the pandemic. But with city centers like Sweetwater underway and Viridia on the way, people have a growing number of options for walkable hubs with restaurants, shops, and other attractions outside of the historic downtown district. From your perspective, what roles do these city centers play in coming years, whether it's economic development or cultural hubs? And where does the downtown plan land on your priority list? It's at the top. I'll say that right away. Downtown Apex is the crown jewel of Apex. We're never going to be able to build anything like it. So. Our number one priority in this space here is to preserve, to enhance, to kind of put a bubble around downtown Apex as it is. Like it, it's beautiful, like with the church and fire station, the, the buildings, like there's nothing else like it. So implemented downtown plan is front and center. We're finally making some progress, as you may have heard in recent months, going forward again with a downtown plan. 
The other centers like Sweetwater and Viridia eventually, they're going to be commercial hubs. They're going to be other places you can go, but they're always going to be satellites to downtown Apex. When people think of Apex, they're going to think of downtown Apex and Salem Street and how it feels walking down that street and how it looks looking down and seeing the houses and seeing the buildings. So that's always number one for me. And I, I really do want to preserve what we have there. I want to preserve the homes that we have around it. I want to preserve the look and the feel of it and stuff that goes on around it, like stuff's going to happen. But what Apex is today is what downtown Apex is. And it's what attracted me to the town. And I think it's what attracts so many people to Apex and we can't lose that charm. There are five candidates running for two seats, as we said earlier, which means three candidates won't serve on the council this cycle. If you're not selected, how do you plan on staying involved in town activities? Man, I'll tell you, the first thing I'm doing is going to log off Facebook and I'm going to go to the beach for about a year. Um, I, listen, I, being the incumbent, if, I, if I'm not successful in re-election, if people you know, choose they want to go in a different direction for whatever reason, I completely respect that. And I think it's important for people like me in that position to give the new council members the space they need to establish their own policies and, and go in the direction of the things they promised in their election. And having a former council member over their neck shouting, I think, is, is not appropriate. And it, it's awkward for staff. It's awkward for everyone. So uh, the first thing I would do literally is to go away for some amount of time and let people do their thing. I'll come back. I was an advocate before I was on the council. I do plan to advocate for things that are important to me when I'm done with the council. I'll probably eventually go back to that role of being the guy who's looking at the council meetings and typing up the notes and tracking the votes and all the stuff I did before. I'll give my feedback on all the rezonings, but I will let the people who get elected, you know, some space to do their thing. In an entirely different scenario, if you are elected, it's possible you'd be working with council members who see things very differently from you. In that case, how do you plan on building bridges and collaborating with your colleagues? I mean, I would say I have that today. <laughs> like if you, if, if you've gone to some council meetings, especially me and council member Gantt seem to, to spar on, on pretty much every meeting on some topics. And I'll say that we're actually pretty cordial outside of the meetings and, and we're able to talk to stuff. You have to sort of establish a separation between the things you're debating, the policies that are going on, and your outside relationship with that person. I think I'm really good at it. Like, I think I can totally be like, it's like a switch. Like we're talking about this and we're talking about that. Unrelated altogether. You also sort of have to make sure the things you talk about are disconnected if that makes sense. Like any given topics you're debating on the council, you may agree with someone on one thing and then five minutes later, it may be something else entirely that you, you know, you disagree on or, or vice versa. And you can't really have carryover sort of strife between the council members and the different issues. It just, you have to sort of make the best decision you can and move on, not take anything personal at all and completely disassociate your council member persona in life with whatever personal relationship you have with that person outside. It works pretty well today, I think, and I don't see a problem with it going forward. The people who are running, they all seem like good guys. I hang out with them, have a beer or two. It'll be fine. If you weren't constrained by a town budget or the laws of physics, what is the one thing you'd change about Apex? That's a good question. I would say the one thing, well, if I wasn't constrained by budget, my gut reaction is to go do the most expensive CFP projects we already have on the backlog that are struggling for funding. There's tons of roads we can build, tons of needs that we've worked to prioritize and catalog and do in priority order as funding allows. So a less serious answer or semi-serious, but it's not on the CIP, like a water park would be cool, man. Like a big water slide, big pool, you know, there are municipalities that have water centers like pools and stuff. It turns out they're really expensive to build. 
that speaks to the money <laughs> that you that you mentioned. They are really difficult to maintain. That speaks to the physics. They're hard to hire people for. So there's a lot of challenges there to having a municipal water park facility or you know municipal pool. But it would be really awesome to have one in Apex. Before we wrap up, give us your closing statements about your campaign and where can folks find out more information about you? Thanks. Again, I'm Terry Mahaffey. I'm the incumbent on the Apex Town Council, running for re-election for four years. The election is November 7th. I hope that over the past four years, I've shown the people of Apex that I'm committed to this job, that I've delivered on the promises I've made, that I'm working hard on the stuff that's still in progress, that my philosophy is one that you agree with, that you can see the work I do to communicate with the community, to be transparent in the government process, even if it's things that you don't necessarily agree with. I think these are all good qualities that I believe are worthy of re-election, and I hope you agree with me. So to find out more, my website is Terry4Apex. That's Terry with a number four, apex.com. See my platform there. You get two votes this year for council with five candidates running. I hope that I'm your first choice. And if I'm not your first choice, I hope that I'm your second choice. We've been speaking today with Councilman Terry Mahaffey, who is running for town council. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. This has been a special episode of the Peak City Podcast, brought to you by Keller Williams Legacy in Beaver Creek. Be sure to check out the entire series of candidate interviews. Make sure to cast your vote during the early voting period or on Election Day, Tuesday, November 7th. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around town.